0: Hello, I'm Kate Hills and I'm on a one-woman mission to save UK manufacturing. In 2008 I gave up my 20 year career as a fashion buyer because I was disillusioned with how much product was being sourced overseas and I set out to uncover some of the amazing businesses that were still making in Britain. Since founding Make It British I've discovered that there is not only still tons of manufacturing taking place in the UK but that it's a thriving industry. I invite you to join me each week when I'll be telling the stories behind some of the best British made brands and manufacturers and offering advice to those that want to make in the UK. So with no further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to the Make It British podcast. Today, I've got a very special episode for you because it's the first in the series of five podcasts that I'm doing this week to accompany my Get Set for Manufacturing challenge. So every day this week, I will be bringing you a special short solo episode where I'm going to tackle one of the five key things that I think you need to consider if you want to start working with a UK manufacturer. Today's episode, I warn you now, is going to give you some tough love. So, if you're not prepared to listen and learn, then switch off now. But if, on the other hand, you want to send emails to manufacturers that get a response, then listen in because you're going to find this really useful. And if you are a manufacturer listening to this, I can already hear you. You're going to be nodding your head. As you're listening, going, yep, yep, that sounds about right. Because today I want to talk to you about why it's so important to be clear when you communicate with a manufacturer, especially when you send that very first email or give them a first call. Because one of the most common complaints I hear about UK manufacturers is that they don't get back to your emails. You get perturbed, you get disillusioned, and then you just give up. You might even, shock horror, start contacting overseas manufacturers instead. And they'll obviously get back to your email straight away. And I'll come on to why that happens a bit in a minute. So why do UK manufacturers have this reputation for not getting back to emails? I'm not trying to excuse them. However... When I get contacted by people that say they've not had a response from a manufacturer and I look into it a little bit deeper, what I usually find it's for one of the following three reasons. Number one, the email was too vague. Number two, the email was too long. Or number three, the email was just plain rude and disrespectful. So I know that you're not going to fall into category three. So let's focus here on category number one and two. And let's start with your email was too vague. Now, if you think of it like this, UK manufacturers are all pretty busy at the moment. They can afford to pick and choose really about who they decide they want to work with. And they're probably getting several hundred emails like yours a week. And if they look at your email and it's unclear about what the end result might be for them, then they'll more than likely move on to someone else whose email is a little bit clearer. So what do I mean by vague? That would be requests that don't clearly state what the product is that they want to make. So so as an example, say you want to make sportwear, sportswear that just saying sportswear would be too vague. You need to define the sport that it's for and ideally use the technical names for the products that you want within that sportswear collection. You know, there's a big difference between ski wear and the garments you wear for ski wear than there is the garments you wear for cycling, for instance. Now, if you think of it like a department store, you would never have all of the products in that department store made in just one factory. Now, if you then break that department store down into its various different departments, you might have the women's wear department, you've got the men's wear, you've got the homeware, And within each one of those different divisions, I say you've got your women's wear division, there are lots of little different sections. So you might have evening wear, casual wear, accessories, lingerie and so on. And if you break that down even further, so let's take the women's accessory department, because that's one of the departments that I used to work in when I was a buyer. Within the accessory department, you'd have handbags, footwear, gloves, hats, jewellery. You know, you get the idea. And in a department store, there's probably a buyer for each one of those individual little product types. And then each one of those buyers would probably have half a dozen factories they work with. So if you were the footwear buyer, you might have Several factories: one that made high heels, one that made boots, one that produces slippers, another one flip flops, etc., etc. And each one of these factories is a specialist in what they do. So, if each buyer within women's accessories works with and half a dozen factories, and then each of the buyers within women's wear works with with several dozen factories, you've got hundreds of factories that the whole of the department store are working with. So. If you send an email to a manufacturer and they, you say that you want them to make women's wear, can you now see how vague it is? Because what type of women's wear? It could be one of so many different departments and so many different areas. Whereas if you had sent an email saying that you were looking for a manufacturer that could make lightweight silk blouses, for instance, and the manufacturer that picked that up did make silk blouses because also you'd done your research in advance, you'd looked at their website, you'd got an idea of the type of products they want to make, you'd have a much better chance of getting a response. Although one caveat here is that sometimes manufacturers don't very to very clearly show what they make on their website. So it's quite often quite difficult to define what it is that they make just by looking online. But then in that instance, I'd always say, you know, pick the phone up, give them a quick call rather than an email. And if you'd already defined what you wanted to make, so for instance, you knew you wanted to make silk blouses, it's so easy just to pick up the phone and say, do you make silk blouses? So then let's come on to the second reason why people don't get a response to their email. And that is because it is too long. So the email might be far too detailed. You've given them your entire life history, your inside leg measurement. You've even told them the name of the person that lives next door to you. And believe me, I have had people on the phone to me that have given me all these details before getting to the point of what it is they actually wanted to make. You need to stop and think and think, what does this factory need to know in order to ascertain whether they can provide the service that I need? So all your family details, all of that, that can come afterwards when you're sitting down with them for a cup of tea and you're having a little chit chat. Just keep it really simple and really focused in the email A manufacturer, they're going to be skimming your email, looking for an indication that there is some good potential business in there for them. They don't want to know that they're going to get afternoon tea with your granny. That's definitely something you can leave out of that email. We all get far too many emails these days, so keep your communication short and sweet. Remember, when you're sending an email to a manufacturer, you need to think, what is in it for them? Are they reading your email and seeing potential business? Are looking at it thinking, oh, blimey, this person sounds like a lot of hard work. You want to be the former. So I know what you're probably thinking, Kate, you say unless we do all this, a UK manufacturer, they're not going to bother getting back to me. So in that case, I may as well go to an overseas manufacturer right from the start. In fact, I've already contacted a few manufacturers in China, Turkey, Romania, delete as appropriate. And they've got straight back to me and they've been so super helpful already. Well, they probably have. You know, the difference is that there are lots and lots of factories in the countries that I've just mentioned. And they're all vying for your business because their factories are probably not that full because there is so many of them. So they've probably got several people working in their sales department responsible for bringing in new leads. And you're one of them and they're going to get back to you really quickly. But if you think of it like all of those broadband providers who constantly leaf it you and call you and advertise on the telly telling you that their broadband is the best the super fastest you know and you've got a really help really helpful salesperson and they're super keen to sign you up and you sign on the dotted line but then once you've got their broadband installed it's nothing but problems and yes I am talking to you virgin media. You know, then once you're signed up, trying to get hold of anyone that can help you if there's a problem is virtually impossible. You get to speak to some lovely chap in India who, you know, bless him, poor bloke, he's just there to answer the phone. He can't get your broadband back on. And just like that, those overseas manufacturers, they're super keen to respond to you because they want your business. But they may not be that helpful when there is a problem. And your product is 3,000 miles away. So just think of it like that. And that's also probably why the, the best broadband suppliers don't even need to advertise because they sell their services just through things like word of mouth. And that's Hello Zen Internet, a broadband supplier you've probably never heard of, but that I used to have when I lived in central London. And they were amazing. And no one's ever heard of them. And the same goes for UK manufacturers. But once you do get to work them, you can build up a partnership that works for both of you. They're on your doorstep, and if ever there's a problem, they're right there and they're really easy to get to. So I think it's really worth persevering doing the small amount of research and preparation that you need in order to find the right manufacturer for your products. Just remember, when you email a manufacturer, if you want the very best chance of response, Don't be vague. Don't tell them your life history in the first email. And if you were a manufacturer reading it, how would you answer the question, what's in it for me? So I'm going to be coming back tomorrow when I'm going to be discussing materials and what you need to know about them before you take the next step. And don't forget, there is still time to sign up for the challenge. Even if you're listening to this podcast in the past, I'll keep the link open Just go to makeitbritish.co.uk forward slash get set to join. And I'll also post a full transcript of this podcast along with any other details that I've mentioned for this particular episode at makeitbritish.co.uk forward slash zero one six. Right. Until tomorrow. Bye bye. If you're interested in discovering UK manufacturers from the fashion, textiles and homeware sectors, you should definitely come to our trade show, Make It British Live. The next event is taking place on the 29th and 30th of May 2019 at the Business Design Centre in London. With over 200 exhibitors, inspiring talks just like the ones you've been listening to on this podcast and interactive workshops, it's the perfect place to network with others that want to see UK manufacturing thrive again. Registration is now open. Just go to makeitbritishlive.com forward slash register to register for a free ticket. If you're a British-made manufacturer or brand and want to find out how your business can benefit from being involved in the show, just visit makeitbritishlive.com forward slash exhibit, fill out a short questionnaire and one of my team will get straight back to you. To reach out to me personally, the best place to do this is via LinkedIn. Just look up Kate Hills and you'll find me. You'll also find me on Twitter at Make It British and Instagram at Make It British too. For all show notes for these podcasts, just go to makeitbritish.co.uk forward slash podcast and you'll find all the details. And make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing in iTunes, Stitcher or whichever is your preferred podcast app. And I really would love it if you left me a little review on iTunes. The more reviews this podcast receives, the more people will discover it and the more we can spread the word about making in the OK. Thanks once again for listening to the Make It British podcast. Bye.